I'm Lisa. And I'm Julie. And together we are two sober, sober chicks. <laughs> we're doing this on Zoom, so we're always a little bit out of sync when we try to say it together. Just a wee bit. But it works out just fine. Mm. So, oh, you survived the holidays. You managed to stay sober. Yep. Happy New Year. That's good. Another one. I don't know if you saw this, but there was um, someone on our Instagram page who messaged us to, who messaged us to say that our New Year's podcast is something they absolutely needed. The um, you don't have to drink on New Year's Eve message. So well, that I'm was so cool. Glad. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, you know, you never know. It's like there was one time. I forget what we we did a podcast and then this lady messaged us and mm-hmm. she on a search and the search was am I an alcoholic and our podcast came up because I think that's what we were talking about mm-hmm. how do you know if you're an alcoholic or not mm-hmm. and uh, so whatever the the meta tags are or whatever those little things are uh, and she'd found us through a search engine and listened to our podcast and then she started to go to AA after that you just never know so yeah and that's one of the reasons why we do this. We do it because it's fun. It's a way for us to stay connected, especially now that you're in a different country than mm-hmm. I am. We're no longer getting together in each other's living rooms. We're having to um, do this over Zoom. But it really is uh, a podcast of love. Yeah. There's one thing that Julie and I have in common is our deep affection for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. and carrying the message. Yeah. Indeed. By the way... Have you found a home group down there in the deep? Uh, yes. Yeah. Is it, are you going to in-person meetings? Oh, I have been for a while now. Oh, amazing. See, yeah. and I know that's, it's funny how I used to think that was really important to me. And now I'm loving, loving my AA meetings on Zoom. Don't yeah. tell anyone, but I have three home groups now. So <laughs> <laughs> the acceptable form of cheating is having more than one home group, not more than one wife but more than one home group is absolutely acceptable. And preferably not more than one sponsor. That's right. Yeah. Unless you're maybe of two different programs. Like I know somebody who has an Al-Anon sponsor and they have an AA sponsor because they're in two different programs. But yeah, one sponsor is enough. Um, Well, that's fantastic. So, and I- I still have my sponsor in Toronto. We've been together for years. It's amazing. I have a home group down here mm. um, and maybe one day that will change, but my sponsor now is so rooted in program. I absolutely adore her. She's known me for, Oh God, I don't even know how many years now, five. She's known me for a lot more because we used to volunteer at the same treatment center, but her being my sponsor has been, I think five years now. So she knows everything that's happened in my history and mm. my trajectory. So that's important to me. So unless I get a divine inspiration to choose someone at my home group, she's still it. It's, it's interesting because I kept trying to fire Sarah, one of my sponsees, because I felt that we'd really, we've gone into a friendship now. Mm-hmm. So we keep revisiting this place and, and making sure that, um, and it's funny how this happens, because there are times when I'm definitely in sponsor mode, and I'm going to call her on her shit. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm not being your friend right now. Actually, I'm being the best friend you could ever ask for. I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah. Um, because that's what I think can happen if you, if you form this great bond and then it turns into friendship, 
then suddenly you might care more about the person not getting offended or them still liking you. Will they like me if I say this? I don't want to lose the friendship. And yeah. what I've focused on always is um, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous first and being truthful and honest and calling her on her shit. I still stand by that old saying, I'm not here to co-sign your bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what Luke did for me. And he was the best man at my wedding. But um, yeah. But we don't hang out as much. Like Sarah and I will hang out. We'll go away on weekends together and spend time together. And it's like when you and I get together, we just talk big book and program pretty much the whole time. Yeah. So it is kind of amazing. It's hard to, um, but I still remind her every now and again, if you ever feel that you've surpassed me, by all means, you can get a new sponsor and I won't be offended because I think our growth has to be, um, you know, like first things first our growth has to be the most important thing in the room. Yeah. Friendship. Yeah. I don't love when my uh, sponsee sponsor relationships turn into friendships because I like compartmentalizing that role. Mm -hmm. So like with my sponsor, we love each other and we love each other's company, but it's very clearly sponsor sponsee. Mm -hmm. I have a few sponsees where we've become friends, uh, really good friends. And I won't offer sponsor advice unless that's what they're specifically calling me for. And if I think there's something I can contribute, I'll say, well, do you want me to put my sponsor hat on? Or if I put my sponsor hat on, it's going to be different than what I'm going to say for friendship. For sure. Um, and that hasn't, it hasn't become a problem that these friendships and or uh, recovery relationships have merged. Um, but I was very uncomfortable with it at first. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm not the sponsor that offers free advice and my opinion. It, it's only if I'm asked, well, what do you think about this? Yeah. Or check me on this. If they're calling just to talk about their breakup or whatever, it's like, all right, I'll yeah. listen. But they're grown ass women. So they can ask if they want to know what mm-hmm. a sponsor would say versus what your friend would say. Well, that's true for some people. <laughs> yes, most of my sponsees, well, the sponsees that have become friends have been in recovery a long time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, just thinking about myself, you know, I'm a grown ass woman too, but for a long time, I couldn't make good sound decisions for myself. So I needed to check my thinking with somebody Mm -hmm. else. But yeah, Mm -hmm. like whenever I call Luke, uh, I'm not calling as a friend. I'm calling to check my thinking for sure. Yeah. Or I might see how a scuba diving trip went or something like that, but Anyway, yeah, so that so you have this long, it's hard to get rid of, my point is it's hard to get rid of someone who has known us for so long. Um, and I feel that they know, uh, they know our shit, like they know all our tricks mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Um, so, uh, and hopefully I don't ever have to get a new sponsor. That'd be great if I don't. Yeah. Until that, you know, that fateful day when one of us dies. So that's yeah. usually... That's the next phase. And I know my sponsor taught me don't wait a minute um, because he has his sponsor uh, passed away. And he he said within six hours, I had a new sponsor because I know I I need to go. I need to go check my thinking with someone else. So, well, here's another interesting thing, because I know people who have had the same sponsor forever, but their sponsor is in mental decline due to some kind of diagnoses or advanced age. And they're no longer an active sponsor 
And the sponsee, I see what happens every time. The sponsee just slips into old ways of thinking or stops doing the work. And um, I know a couple of people like that right now and friends of theirs or people who are in relationships with them, like partner relationships are like, I really think you need to get a sponsor because it's the exact same as complacency. Like if you're not working on your recovery, then you're working against your recovery. Right. It's a program of action for sure. I was talking to somebody the other day um, who called me about uh, a, a situation in AA and they have 30 years of sobriety and they've had the same sponsor for decades, Mm -hmm. um, but they weren't able to reach their sponsor. And so that was one of the things that we talked about, like, is your relationship more of a friendship where your sponsor won't be honest with you because they care more about your friendship than they do about your sanity and your sobriety. Mm -hmm. It's time to shake things up a bit. That might be a time when I um, look at somebody who's only, uh, if I'm 30 years sober and you're 10 years sober, maybe I will go to you because you're closer to the, you know, the beginnings and the center of AA. Yeah. Uh, And I have seen people with, uh, you know, just a couple of years um, be really active in the program and people with 30 and 40 years, not so active. And the person with two or three years is acting more sane because they're constantly working their program Mm -hmm. and all of their steps. Um, Speaking of first things first, you wanted to talk about was it acronyms? Yeah, I want to give you some acronyms that a lot of the AA community has adopted and see if you know what they stand for and what you think of them. Okay. And they might be different because um, one of the two of the meetings I attend online are in the States. And uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I find they say things a little bit differently than we do. Like we have the 24 hour chip or the desire chip. And mm-hmm. down there, they have the white chip. Yeah, or the surrender chip. And that's what I asked them, like, what is the white chip? What does that mean? And they told me it's, a, um, it's the surrender chip, like the flag, right? The color, the white is the color of the yep. surrendering flag. And, or it's the color of a straight jacket, which I absolutely loved. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. It can also ahead. be the color of a, a wedding dress and the commitment that signifies. That's true. Your communion dress. Yeah. Your birthing gown. What was that? What was that? Christmas. That's it. Yeah. Christening. I don't think it's the color of your birthing gown. That sounds no, that would be red. Mm. Um, okay, so some of these I knew, some of these I didn't. So we'll start with the most obvious one, which is halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yep. And uh we adopted that as a nice little succinct uh representation of trigger strikes as you can call them, or temptations. Like if you're one of those four things, we'll try to make sure you're none of those four things because those are the primary things that lead you to a relapse. Or even if it's not an actual relapse, like an emotional relapse. Yeah, sometimes if you're just feeling a little bit off or a little out of mm-hmm. sorts and you're catching your behaviors whack, it's like, oh, well, I forgot to eat breakfast today. Maybe that's why. Or I'm really angry. I'm hanging on to a resentment. Yeah. It's like a stop sign. It's like halt, meaning, okay, check. I got to check myself. Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? And if you are any one of those things, reach out to someone in recovery, go to a meeting, call your sponsor, Mm -hmm. or just do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Have a nap. (laughs) Yeah. Have a nap. Eat Eat something. Why did, okay. So my 
There we go. Sorry. My headset, uh, it was like a car that all of a sudden stepped on the gas without the brake. It just turned the volume up so loud. I think I have bleeding eardrums down. Oh no. I corrected that. Okay. Uh, how about the, I didn't hear this one before, slip. Have you heard that one? Well, I know what a slip is, but it's But what app. is, yes. Oh, no. It stands for sobriety losing its priority. So when menial issues take precedence over your sobriety and how that challenges the recovery process. I really like that one. Mm -hmm. Sobriety losing its priority. That's what a slip is. Right. Which I we talked it. about in, in one of our last podcasts, slip yeah. versus relapse. Okay. Um, okay. Here's one we've all heard. Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yes. I like, why does Lenny like it? Um, because he, I think now I'm not speaking for Lenny, but my understanding is that, um, when newcomers today come in a room, uh, mm -hmm. a lot of them can get offended easily. And so uh. Lenny's point was, are you kidding me? When I came in, they called me stupid and they mm -hmm. told me to sit there and shut up <laughs> and yeah. take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your goddamn mouth. Um, you know, things were a little bit more, you, you just do as I do. <laughs> you don't speak, you don't think <laughs> that was your problem. You sit there and shut up. Yeah. So yeah. And keep it simple is a slogan. It is. Yeah. It's like, bring it back to basics. Okay. This one, a lot of us know fear. Uh, false expectations appearing real. That's right. Uh, fuck everything and run. Okay, haven't heard that one. And then what's the good one though? There's a good version of that. Um, I don't know, feel everything and relapse. Feel everything and relapse, that's a good one too. But there was a positive one, it, you know, you can turn your fear into something else and it was like something about faith, um, yeah, and recovery. Oh, face, face everything and recover. Oh, I love that. You can flip that fear acronym um, at, from the negative to the positive. If you take that fear and you face it, you face everything and recover. I love that. And that's a good one for the fourth step because so many people freak out when they start facing their fourth step. Yeah. And they don't finish, so they don't stick around long enough for the miracle to happen. Yeah. All I right. think, like, it's it's such a big part of our recovery process to decipher, like, what is real and what is not. Because our book talks about, like, not being able to distinguish between the false and the true or the reality and the unreality, the fantasy and what's actually going on. Cause so much of it is perception. Like we think somebody's talking badly about us. We think these people are going to react that way. We think this is going to happen. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my spouse. This person's mad at me. I'm going to feel better if I, if I drink, it's going to be hard to be in recovery. Like what's really real here. Like let's, like you said earlier, check our thinking. Yeah. Fancied or real. I believe is the, yeah. the quote from the big book. Yeah. And, and then my sponsor dumbed it down even simpler for me. Your thoughts and feelings are what's wrong with you. <laughs> it's 
just everything about you know, and every way I think and the way I feel. That's just what's wrong with me. Yeah. Okay, next. Uh, hit. Hit. <laughs> I think I said I was speaking the other day and I had an asthma attack and I said I need to hit off my inhaler and Lenny lost his shit. He just started laughing. He's, he recognizes that terminology. Um, I do not know. That is not one that I'm familiar with. A, a, an acronym for in recovery. Uh, it's hang in there. Oh, okay. I don't know if that, I really like that one because the other ones actually are, are afar. They make a lot more sense. Like yeah. hit has a bad connotation, but then a good meaning. Yeah. It reminds so me of doing drugs. So probably not a yeah. good me we should come up with another one um uh god i mean i think we've all heard this one if we've been in the rooms more than 10 meetings Mm -hmm. good orderly direction yeah i like that one i did a we did a when we did our steps podcasts all 12 i think it was 13 podcasts discussing all 12 steps we uh on a on step three i gave all of my favorites like uh good orderly direction good old dad group of drunks yeah like a lot of ones we can use for that. Yeah, especially helpful for people who are having uh, trouble with the word God, or Mm -hmm. maybe they're agnostic um, or they're atheist and they're having trouble with this whole higher power concept or the word God, then the acronym is perfect for people like that. Go outdoors. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I never heard that one before. That was a good one. Me neither, just slipped into my mind. Okay. Um, the last one is ego. I heard this in one of our, my former home group um, in Toronto, uh, St. Clements, one of the old timers that we know and love, Carl, he mm-hmm. said this one. And I just remember being like mind blown. I'd never heard it before what he had for ego, I totally which was Go ahead. edging, edging out God. Oh yes. Edge so God. good. Yep. Love it. That's when you replace your higher power with yourself. It's true, right? your ego. Ego. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. I liked those. That's what I got. Yeah. Uh, Do you hear a lot of slogans down south? Yes. Okay. Because maybe it's just the online meeting. I thought, wow, I never hear anyone mention a slogan in these meetings, but it could just be the online format. Yeah. So you are hearing them down south. Is there any yeah. different ones down there? Um, at my home group, the, my home group that I have now are is only closed meetings. So they don't have them there. Mm-hmm. But I remember we did a podcast when I went to meetings in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. And there was like three or four that I'd never heard of before. I can't remember what they are now. Okay. But I love seeing the different groups. Like there's the staples. And then there's like I'd never seen Think, Think, Think before. And I was like, isn't that sort of not what you're supposed to do? But it obviously just means like, what's a rational thought here? Not keep thinking about something because that's where we all lose our minds. Yes, obsessing. And I love how they, um, at a lot of meetings, they'll take that think, think, think one, then they'll turn it upside down because it's always the newcomer that it bothers the piss out of. Oh, I've seen that in a meeting. And then I went to turn it around and on the back, it, it said something like, I can't remember, but it, like, I thought it was the wrong way. And the back explained why it wasn't the wrong way. Isn't it something about obsession? Like our obsessive minds. Mm. 
Like I know the first time I, I saw it, I was like obsessing about, I missed the entire meeting because I was looking at the sign <laughs> wondering what dummy did that? Why is that upside down? Why would they do that? Does no one else notice this? What's going on? <laughs> and then, yeah, an old timer explained it to me that it was about our obsessive thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, the second part of our disease uh, is in our mind. Mm-hmm. How we obsess over things and we think, 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 instead of think it through, think straight, check your thinking. Those are other positive ways <laughs> yeah. to think. All right. Well, thank you. This was um, our, our first podcast really for 2022. 2022. Yep. So I was joking when I said, you know, we made it through, uh, we made it through. We're both sober. Of course, we're both sober. One day at a time. You never know. I'm sure there's, I've had people in my former home group that just like threw it out there that I was on my way to a relapse or I had relapsed because of various reasons. I got married too quickly. I'm too upset about a breakup. I haven't been to a meeting. They hadn't seen me at a meeting in a while. I think, by the way, that is a really dangerous thing. And it's not just about reputation, which you can damage. First of all, it's a breaking of the anonymity. Like you don't go around to other people and tell them that you think someone's relapsed or they're on their way to relapse. Or when people are like, oh, five years and seven years is the relapse point and you're right there. And like, I just think so much of what we do has to be based in faith. A, that's in fear. But B, I just don't think it's a very respectable thing to say about people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's judgment, right? Um, but you know what? God bless people like that because I have been there. I have been like that. And now I see it when I see it in other people, it just reminds me of how I do not want to be. So it's a great lesson yeah. of how not to be. Um, and it's it was- different than concern. It's different than if you or I were to be like, um, I'm really concerned about Sally. Like, did she look right to you? Like, let's reach out to her. Like, that's different than, oh, Sally's headed for relapse or this is the five-year point. She's got to be careful or based on her behavior, I think she's headed for a relapse. I think she's drinking. Like, that's different. That's like gossip and judgment. And it's different than concern and support. And if you're concerned, pick up the phone and ask that person directly. Yeah. Why do we need to go around and ask other people? have you seen so-and-so at a meeting lately? I don't, you know, check other people's attendance card for meetings. Yeah. Or asking someone how their sponsee is or bringing, I'm concerned about your sponsee or this other one that I can't stand is when people see the behavior of a member and they're like, well, you know, that can't be good with her sponsor. I wonder how her sponsor's doing, or she might not have a good, doesn't show good sponsorship. And it's like, that's a private relationship there. You don't know what's going on. I am not in control of anything my sponsees do. Yeah. You know, I make suggestions. If they follow them, hopefully life gets better. But if they behave, if they're behaving badly, then that's on them, right? Like (laughs) that's not a sponsor's, um, just like I can't make someone drink. And I can't make them get sober. Mm. I'm not the savior. And I certainly can't make them drink. So anyways, all that to say is anything could have happened over New Year's, but thankfully it didn't. Thankfully it didn't. Yes. For us. And uh, one more day. That's it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we hope that you have another 24 hours of continuous and blessed sobriety, uh, clean and sober time, and uh, that you'll join us again on our next podcast. Thanks for joining us on the Happy Road to Destiny. This has been another episode with Julie and Lisa of Two Sober Chicks.